Hello and welcome to episode what twenty five or something like that. I, I I'm I'm losing count. It, it doesn't take long. I, not a smart guy, you know. Anyway, how you doing, buddy? What's on your mind? Well, first things first. Listen, I gave up counting when I was an alcoholic. I say was an alcoholic. Next month, six years sober. That's not a brag. That's just a much-needed life change that started six years ago. Here's the thing, though. When I was drinking, I put all your bitch asses under the table. None of you would have a chance. We wouldn't even bother counting drinks. And when they handed us a bill for an absurd amount of money at the end of the night, we all just agree to pay it. That's how that works. So, you know, there's no reason for you to, to, to be pejorative. We call me a quitter. I retired, and I want you to know that I retired undefeated. Um, because I don't give a shit how many old fashions you've had tonight, you wouldn't be able to hang with me in the bourbon department. Uh, I told you, I believe, that it was a half gallon of Evan Williams every other day, and that was only because at some point I needed to sleep. Um, but that is what it is. It's funny how those things you remind yourself of those things when certain things happen in life, but uh. You know, our connection's good today. Unlike earlier this week, when AT&T and two other major providers lost coverage, um, and the government absolutely knows where I am anyway, so they weren't worried about listening to my phone calls. That's right. Uh, but uh, I use AT&T Towers, and I will tell you, I really was not offended by the fact that I could not take a phone call or make a phone call for several hours this past week. Uh, that really did not hurt my feelings. Now, if you were on Wi-Fi, you could still, of course, text iPhones, and you could still use your apps to message people. So it's not like communication really, really went down, you know, completely. Um, but it was strange. Out of the blue, several states affected, and uh, it, it happened to be AT&T this time. And, you know, as I see in the notes there, it is an election year, and China does own this country. Well, so we got a few more months be both before of those November, things. so who knows what's next? T-Mobile? God help us all. Now, the thing is, I, I love the fact I have a drug dealer phone, as I call it. Cricket, for those of you playing along at home. Here's the deal with Cricket, though. I got five phone lines and an iPad that run on the AT&T towers, and I pay $195 a month. So unlimited talk and text. There's no limitations to it. And so from my standpoint, that's a hell of a deal when you start dividing the math, you know, with five lines and an iPad. Um, so I'm good with it. But uh, when they run on AT&T Towers and all of a sudden Joe Biden decided to shut them down, because that's what I'm going with, um, it becomes a problem if you're an AT&T person. But – it really wasn't a problem. I didn't get a bunch of stupid phone calls. And the other thing is, I was at work. They all have the office line anyway. So I was unaffected, really. But I know that it's something for people to whine and complain about on social media. I just made a joke about it. Like, enjoy the serenity while it lasts. Because quite frankly, the phones will start ringing anytime. But, oh no. You were unaffected, I take it? I guess. I mean, I have T-Mobile. It's hard to tell. Well, you also work for the government, and they need you. So you probably didn't get the shutdown like I did. I get a little crazy with some of the things I send and share and save and tell people and say on a hot line. So, uh, you know, it might be better for you 
you know, and they and they're monitoring this phone call right now, just so you're aware. But that's only because I'm on it. You're not fucking special, sir. It's all about me. I want you to know that. Well, uh, I have the ability to cut some of this out if I need to. So that's that's why. I'm don't worry about that. We need the unabridged version. Okay, this isn't the Democrats, and we're in office right now. We want the unabridged truth, not the bullshit. Okay, that's what people come to hear is the unabridged truth as as spoken by moi. And uh, anyway, yeah, so AT&T, they went down, but, you know, they're back up. Just goes to show you, though, how unnerving and very 1984 things can get when all of a sudden there's no cell phone service. Just just a thought. Just a thought. Well, we have a pretty decent connection today, like you said. And we also yeah, have... because we're on Zoom, not StreamYard. For our 29 fans that listen to this show, I want you all to know, Zoom is the way we're going to do things, and that just makes more work for Terry. But, I mean, I'm the, I am not the planner of this party. I'm, I show up when I want, I say what I want, and I leave when I want. And that's pretty much how this goes. That sounds like a t-shirt. Right, Terry? That's like true. Arrive, spine I'm, buster I'm leave, here. but arrive. Yeah, I'm here to wreck shit, shit and get the fuck out. Okay. That's pretty much it. Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. You said Spinebuster. We're wrestling fans. Oli died. That was Arn's partner. Big deal, you know, for the wrestling community. He had uh, his brother, MS, his cousin. If I'm not or mistaken. Something. But he had MS, MS, if I'm not mistaken. I think right. he had MS, and he quit making public appearances. And um, obviously, half of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew first with Gene, and then with Arn. Very right. instrumental in the Four Horsemen. Probably one of the top 10 bookers ever. Um, but he doesn't get the credit that Dusty did because of the pizzazz. But he booked both Georgia and uh, and Mid-Atlantic there in the early 80s before Dusty came in and Starcade 83 as his job tryout. Also have to remember that um, during the 80s, he was the man who brought the Road Warriors to Georgia. So Ole Anderson is responsible for discovering what many people... Uh, called the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling they i don't think they are but i certainly would argue they're one of the top attractions um but when yeah, they attractions hit iron a good man, word there yeah when iron man hit and they got the spikes on and they got the mat or the face paint i mean and the it's hard not to not to say that that wasn't quite the attraction but the uh the uh other thing about it was of course Oli was very Frugal with his money, had eight kids or seven kids, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, he got out of wrestling. He was out of wrestling. I mean, he pretty much disappeared. He didn't do the Comic-Con scenes, anything like that. But real mentor to Orange. So I'm sure tomorrow night when he and Paul record, they'll uh, they'll have some sort of thing about Ole. Oh, um, but uh, like I say, biggest thing for us, you know, dealing with it as wrestling fans is it's yet another person so influential in our childhood who's now gone but i believe Oli was in his 80s so he wasn't young i mean i believe he was in his 80s at this point so yeah he's pretty far up there but and that wasn't in the notes but that's why we don't hold ourselves to an agenda around here sir well obviously we don't obviously but we do have we meaning me me, several me. football stories today college football thank god you know we thought we had an off season i don't know that we do not in this not in the um in this era of coaches leaving and transfer portals opening the nil and nil <laughs> and 
and all of that. So. And Nick and Nick Saban appearing on McAfee Weekly, <laughs> where he says something new every week. You know, right. that gets uh, headlines and press. But anyway, Terry, tell us about EA Sports twenty five. Speaking of the goat, he should be on the cover, but that might be a discussion for a later date. Go ahead. Tell well, us yeah, that, well, that's interesting, though, and, and that wouldn't be a bad choice. Um, I think they've got, what, 2014 was the last time they made one, so that's it's quite a long a time without any yeah. – uh, without – some good players have been around since then. Are they going to try to – uh, make a cover with several guys that were legendary in the last decade. Are they going to put Saban on there? Maybe a combination of things. Uh, I don't know. Are they going to just set forth and say, we think the best player in 2024 is going to be somebody? Or are they going to put Shadur Sanders on there? You know, I saw knows? that people people lost their minds when they said Shador Sanders. <laughs> Have him doing the Shador with the Rolex. You no know, no reason not um, to. I mean, set the standard early. You can do the NIL. You can pay them whatever, and and just move forward. Well, and like you said, they are being paid six hundred dollars. The players are going to get six hundred bucks and a copy of the game, which I guess would be what retail seventy dollars at this 70, point, so. something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're getting a total of $670 for their name, image, and likeness being used. And that's all players. It's not just the cover guy. I don't I think, think the 11, cover guy. thousand players, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I was going to say, I don't think the guy that's on the cover, if it's not Nick Saban, gets, uh, you know, a choice. Um, the other thing is I see players from service academies not allowed to accept the Army, Navy, Air Force. Yeah, that's Sorry, based on guys, their own they won't rules. And I mean, I get yeah. that. To me, that's um, I kind of wonder what that leads to. You know, what's next with yeah. that? Um, is it going to be, or are they just not going to play ball when it comes to Division One football moving forward with the NIL? And does that mean, you know, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force? It's possible they make the decision. This is the end of their run in Division One football. I mean. I know, and that's they may an drop. They may drop to D two. Yeah, you know? um, that may happen. Um, who knows? But one of many outcomes that could happen, and you know, we've talked about. Um, I've talked about this ending up in the court, and there there was a big win the other day. Tennessee, the states of Tennessee and Virginia won their injunction against the NCAA, and the result of that is a federal judge suspended the NIL rule. So here's a quote from mm -hmm. the judge. Without relief, the NCAA will continue to deprive athletes of information about the market value of their NIL rights, preventing them from obtaining full fair market value for those rights. So that's interesting. It's one of those yep. things. It's like, um, you know, the NCAA thought we want to allow this, but still keep some control. And, um, you can't straddle the fence. They are either employees or they are not. And you've already started down the path of letting them get paid. Yeah. And the other issue is, as you know, it, the, the NCAA may become the administrative body for the 12 man playoff, which they've already talked about going yeah. to 14 teams. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Terry, but they're at 14 talking about already. Um, and the other thing that you and I both know 
And Saban said it after this came out. You know, he was asked about student athletes. And he said, we don't care about student athletes anymore. Now every player has a price tag. It's no longer about making them well-developed human beings that are going to succeed after college football because not everyone makes it to the draft. He says it's about how much are they worth and how much are we willing to pay. Ultimately, I am of the belief that Nick Saban was not going to play with the NIL, and that's why he retired because the man could coach at Alabama for as long as he wanted to coach at Alabama. But – I think this NIL rule, it's not about that he couldn't couldn't get the best players because we've talked about it on this show, Terry, ad nauseum. That is a machine at Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban is gone, but Kellen DeBoer wins a national championship in the next two years. Yeah, I'm we'll saying it down, right now. And here you in two years down. when they don't, we'll talk about it again, yeah. Yeah, whatever. They, yeah, you could scream War Eagle all you want, but <laughs> they it's going to be roll tied Thanksgiving much in the weekend valley. in Tuscaloosa. They were very much uh, in the valley when Saban showed up. And um, I'm not saying yeah, they're going to return you, there. He's had some lasting effects, but it's not the same. Yeah. It is not the same. Yeah, that empire he has built, though, you don't burn to the ground either. <laughs> so, anyway, they're winning a national title in two years. Back to Tuscaloosa where the crystal belongs or the trophy. But on this issue, you know, the idea that you're already suing, you, you've got states that, well, we don't know what the interpretation is. You and I've talked about it. Yeah. You have the NCAA trying to sanction teams for a coach giving a ride, a player a ride to a meeting yeah, of an NIL meeting. Uh, but you're going to, but that player, the coach is in violation for giving the ride, but the player is walking away with $2 million, right? Uh, you know, or whatever the figure is. It, it's because they're trying to straddle it, the fence by saying the school is not technically paying. This right. third party is paying. And it's like, this is just so yep. stupid. Well, and that's like Nebraska is talking about the NIL made a, made a tactical error this week. Um, I've, I, you know, I've talked on this show a lot about the pipeline, the offensive line that, that led Nebraska to so many championships during the glory days. And they have pipeline jerky. Well, the 1890 initiative led by Matt Davidson, who was a Nebraska football player, who was somebody who was part of the 97 national championship team, decided they were going to come out with jerky. Everybody pissed all over it because in the state of Nebraska, there's only one school supported beef jerky, and that will be the pipeline. So now they have they the the NIL. Sorry. Give me a players. minute to process this. School-supported beef jerky. How did this not come up in our top 10 road trip snacks? There's school-supported beef jerky. Yeah, well, we talked about Bucky's, but we did not talk about the pipeline. <laughs> Seriously, what it is is it's fresh It's it's fresh beef jerky because, obviously, we're in cattle country out in western right. Nebraska, or out in Nebraska, and they have a well-established brand. The NIL, the 1890 Initiative, that's what it's called, decided they were going to sell beef jerky. And the entire Cornhusker fan base lost their fucking minds over beef jerky. And so now the NIL is no longer selling the beef jerky, but the Pipeline Initiative is still selling the beef jerky. So there you go. It's that simple. Um, wow. A lot of fun, Terry. A lot I of fun. I had no idea going we in. were going to talk about that today that that's interesting now nah, you know what else is interesting 
there are 10 visits on the schedule of four-star and above recruits for the 2025 class already. Where? Well, I, I have I, no idea what you're talking about. What school yeah, may, the, may you be talking uh, about, sir? That'd be at the University of Nebraska, sir. Oh, and okay. They've got, they've got their hooks in the number one quarterback in the country to replace Rayola. Uh, we might be moving the right direction in Lincoln. I'm not sure yet. I think we gotta. This has to translate to wins and the football you know, field. Maybe they'll get six um, wins this year. Yeah, yeah. I, they need them. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I want nine, but six will be all right. Hey, I uh, get it. I understand that. It's one of those things, like Auburn. It's like I expect to be better, but it's like well, let's pile on the 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 more difficulty on the schedule, both in the Big Ten and the SEC, and it's just yeah. um, getting. It's good to be getting better, but uh, you better get better quick. Yeah, and I think I think I think you're going to see Nebraska win nine or ten games next year. I really do. I really believe that because the caliber of the talent. So yeah. last night at the Nebraska game, uh, and Nebraska basketball is actually making headlines, which is absurd, one hundred percent stupid. Um, but they've had more success than the football team has in the last decade. So, anyway, they do a slam hey, dunk contest. I understand contest. that. Auburn's the same way. You, you should see these athletes, though, buddy. Fedoni, uh, Harburg was out there. The receiver's out there. They had rules stand under the bucket, and he had one of his cornerbacks or defensive backs clear him and slam dunk the ball. Uh absolute insanity the athleticism that they've got right now so oh, yeah, yeah. we went off on a little tangent but it does <laughs> lead us okay. back to the early signing period as long as we're done talking about the nil for now they've moved it again um to december 4th now you and i both know championship saturday it's not even championship saturday rivalry week this year is the 30th of november we're going to be in Tuscaloosa. No matter, you're not getting out of this shit. It's going to be Auburn, Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And uh, Alabama's going to win, roll tide. So I'm predicting that for you. But the fourth, four days later, all of a sudden you have the signing period before you have the conference championship and way before you're going to have this 12 team playoff. So um, that is significant. Because now, what is the head coach's attention on? Your conference championship or making sure you have a recruiting class for next year for the early signees? Um, hopefully, they've got some structure in place where they already know who they're getting. But do you think a Nick Saban, a Kayla DeBoer, a Ryan Day, uh, Matt Rule, for God's sake, um, your man there at Auburn, whose name just escapes me, even though Hugh he beat Freeze. Saban twice when he was at Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze. You think any of them, when they're getting ready for a championship conference game, give a shit about signing seniors to well, play the next week? Hold on a second. That's going to occupy their time is what I'm saying when they want to be concentrated on winning games. Now, the other thing you've talked about is do we need conference championship games? So that may not be such an issue but as far as i know the schedule hasn't changed they will have the conference championship game the week after rivalry week so you're talking december the 7th they're putting the signing day right in the middle of those weeks between rivalry 
to the championship weekend. So this past season, and this was a big thing in Auburn. So Hugh Freeze came in, not a lot of talent on the roster, needed to really recruit well, did a pretty good job recruiting, but it took him away from um, working with the coaches for the for the game, for the game plan. And yep. um, it was a noticeable difference when he said, I've had to do some recruiting and I've been away from it and I've let the other guys handle it. And uh, mm -hmm. there was a lot of inconsistency based on that. So at least last season, Hugh Freeze did decide to recruit more than coach some of those games. And, it, and Auburn suffered for it. That has to be something that changes this year. It cannot keep going that way. He's got to show up. They've got to play their best game on the field. And they've, you know, they had a good recruiting class this season. Um, but at some point, mm -hmm. you got to balance that out. And like you said, if you're going to be at that level, you've got to play these games that are in front of you. And recruiting is going to work itself out because you're winning football games. And hopefully, for mm -hmm. Auburn's sake, he can turn that corner this year and move forward with it. Well, and I give Freeze the benefit of the doubt. Here's why. Um, it was his first year, and he had to secure a recruiting class. He Absolutely. didn't have a choice. Yeah. Because because Hurston, 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 Brian Hurston, the, the uh, Boise coach. Parson. Parson. He didn't leave Auburn with no. a whole lot of options. And as you and I talked about, the way the transfer portal works, you don't need to sit out. You don't need a scholarship waiver. You don't need a, a fifth year or whatever. You can transfer yeah. with no strings attached and immediately be playing for another team. So if you're not producing, that's like, I, I mean, I talk about the Nebraska stuff. If Nebraska doesn't start winning football games, you think they're going to keep all those players? Shit. Not Come at all. Now. You got to win. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you sign them now. They're going to be gone in a year. If, if you win yep. four games, five games, yep. why would they stick around for that? Or, I mean, realistically now, now it's like the if they've got competition, they're going to leave. With the exception being, it seems, um, at least initially for a lot of his playmakers, Deion Sanders, who, again, we somehow talk about every time we start talking about football – He's got a lot of loyalty built in, but you saw the mass exodus in Georgia, saw the mass exodus Alabama after Saban left, Washington with DeBoer. Um, I mean, like you and I've talked about, the last 12, 14, 16 weeks has been craziness with the coaching in the carousel, in the in the NIL, in the transfer portal, and all this nonsense. But uh, speaking of nonsense, because it is. And even you, an Auburn fan, acknowledge this. Yeah, Eli Gold about this. was let go as the voice of Alabama football. And his public statement is that they chose, meaning the university, the football program, to go a different direction. He is the voice now of Arena Football League in Nashville, the Nashville Cats. Terry put in the notes, 35 years calling Alabama football games. That means he's called every national championship game from Bears retirement forward. Yeah. Pretty significant uh pretty significant run Eli Gold had as the announcer 
And yeah, I know I know that he I had like, some health issues, but he's bounced back from that. And he's not yeah. he's it's not like Vern Lundquist who was just saying weird stuff. It seemed like in in the games, Eli was on his game, so I'm not sure. Um, I listened to Feinbaum a little bit, and he seems convinced that um, Eli got on the wrong side of somebody, and they he thinks that they probably gave him an opportunity to go out with a better story, and he declined it and kind of forced it to be more of a push out. So I don't know that we'll ever know that, but it's really, it's a really sad situation that he's gone because he is definitely a legend. Well, you think of the, uh, you know, even as a kid watching, we watch Nebraska games, obviously now, but we didn't always have cable at the house. We're poor family. Couldn't afford it all the time. So I watched a lot of movies because you could rent those for like 99 cents. And uh, we listened to the radio, AM radio. And Adrian Fiala was the voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And our Nebraska contingent, the ones old enough to know our fan base, will know exactly who Adrian Fiala was. He's Eli Gold. Is exactly who he was. Um, the big calls, Johnny Rogers for the touchdown in the game of the century in 71 against Oklahoma touchdown. Tommy with the, with the 11 men touched him on the Florida defense. He gets the Mm -hmm. touchdown in the bowl game, all those big significant moments. Fiala was there for the same goes for gold. He wasn't there for the bear, but if it's 35 years, that means he took that job in 1989, Alabama won their first national title in 92 with him as the announcer right then they had all the shitty years and saban comes in 08 and it's been nothing but good from that point on for somebody like him was and think of was, the game was that he got to watch think of the think of the games he got to watch though the games you know you talk about auburn and alabama the georgia alabama the florida with tebow and alabama these yeah. slug fests um amazing run that he got to that he got to participate in and like you said they just let his ass go because they want to go a new direction i forget who's taken over but it's during the spring game it'll be his first first yeah, chris uh, stewart i believe he's i mean he's yeah obviously i'm not paying attention to their broadcasts all the time but i do hear it on the radio from time to time driving around um, i believe chris stewart's been i don't know how long he's been there he's done a lot um and I think Eli had situations where he would do home games and not do road games and stuff. So Chris Stewart's been there doing a lot over the last few years anyway. So it's kind of not a, a surprise. Right. Right. Well, and like you say, <clears throat> with, uh, you know, with gold, I mean, it's, it's, it's the end of the era with Saban. Obviously, we talked about his defensive coordinator retiring. You got a whole new staff with DeBoer. Um, apparently, he's running their asses off in practice there, Terry. They uh, Alabama might be a fast team next year. Always known for power, but the early reports out of uh, Tuscaloosa, and we'll move on after this, but you know <laughs> I, you know I follow this pretty closely, uh, um, is that this is a speedy team. A yeah. very fast team. I think you're going to see a very offensive-minded team, uh, which is different because for so long Saban 
I mean, I I understand he had defensive coordinators, be that Muschamp or Kirby Smart or or uh, all the rest of them. Steel was the guy's name I was looking for, but Saban was the defensive coordinator, right? And, and he always coached the back end, the yeah. safeties and cornerbacks. It was always it was always Saban's baby. So um, I'm interested to see if you're going to all of a sudden see a high flying offense like you saw in Washington in Tuscaloosa because the last time they had that was under Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Terry, I know I'm not, they held those damn trophies up at the end of the year. Did they? And we all yelled roll tide except recall. you. Yeah. I can't you can't recall. recall. But I am gonna cut in here since we've been talking about Alabama football. Let's talk about Auburn for a minute. Cam the man gets jumped yesterday. Oh, and yeah. apparently fought off all those guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Terry, tell tell us how dumb it is to jump on a six foot five, two hundred and sixty pound professional athlete quarterback like Cam Newton. No matter how dumb he dresses, please take it away, sir. Well, it's pretty stupid, but you know I have to be honest with you and say that if he had that kind of intensity and toughness in the Super Bowl maybe we would be talking about him still playing in the NFL. My goodness, Terry went for the jugular. I did. Look, Ooh. I mean, I got to be Ooh. honest here. I mean, we always see that, hey, there's the fumble. I'm not going to dive after that. I mean, like I said, I'm a fair Auburn fan. I see it how it is, and I say how it is. But, but you're right. He's a huge guy and an athlete, and um, he he obviously can handle himself. Uh, one guy that I it was pretty interesting. One guy I couldn't tell if he was helping Cam or trying to hit Cam. He was just kind of like throwing <laughs> punches, and who knew where they were going? But yeah, so I had to throw the um, honest comment in there. But um, yeah, pretty cool video. Well, note to self. Don't go after Cam Newton, and don't try to get Terry to side with him just because he went to Auburn, because <laughs> that shit ain't happening. Uh, even though I teed it up for him to talk about Auburn after oh, all this well, Alabama I'll, talk. Hey, it, it's coming. I, I've got that already set up. You, you see, I want to surprise you in the notes here. It's coming. Oh, <laughs> stop it. So, up next, the NCAA court banning. couple of recent incidents, both are questioned as players flopping. Kapowski so, from Duke. Now, I yeah. am a Duke guy when it comes to North Carolina basketball okay. because I was a Mike Krzyzewski guy. And okay. it wasn't because Duke won all those games. It's because he was such a jerk-off. I love how he was, you know, he was always a coach to him. Always. Yeah. And I, it, it was disappointing in his last run where Carolina ended it in the Final Four for him. And the only reason I said that is that was probably his best coaching. They said that same thing about Saban this year. While he won, did not win a national championship, this might have been his best coaching year. And he said it was one of his Alabama. favorite teams. He said that throughout yeah. the whole season. Yeah. And lost to do or lost to Carolina at home, uh, in Chapel Hill, rather, and then lost to him in the Final Four, if you remember. And that was his swan song. But I love Duke. But Kapowski definitely flopped. Caitlin Clark of Iowa definitely flopped yeah, absolutely. um as long as these big teams keep losing the little team stadiums or, or arenas or basketball uh, gyms whatever it is they're going to keep storming the court that's all there is to it yeah it's and not here's the change. thing if you are on the big team and you just got beat by the small team 
don't walk stupidly with your head down, leaving the court and not expect this. I mean, well, and I'll give you an example. Are we realistic here? When, when a lot of these teams started losing, I don't know if you remember, but uh, there was a week earlier this season, and I don't know how much you pay attention to, to amateur bat or to college basketball. I said amateur, but college quite basketball. A bit, quite a bit. Um, okay, so you pay attention. So there was a week where numbers one through five all lost. Yeah. The teams that were unranked. Yeah. Okay. Nebraska started that. Um, and the only reason Purdue. I know this is because I follow Nebraska. They beat Purdue, but they beat Purdue. I mean, they yeah. handed them their asses. You gonna tell me at Devaney Stadium or Devaney's arena there, uh the Devaney Center in Omaha or there or Lincoln, they're not going to storm the court. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Um Matt Rule. Matt Rule, the head football coach, was on the court. And they beat the number one team in the country. A shit team like Nebraska beat the number one team in the country by 16 or 17 points. Court advantage is huge in basketball. Hey, ask ask me what Nebraska's record is at home. I actually know this. 17 and 1. Okay. Is that this season? All, all of their, yes, okay. seventeen and one at home. All of so, their losses have come on the road. Unfortunately, um, Auburn also has one loss, and they got it over the last week to freaking Kentucky coming in. Auburn was undefeated. Go Big at home Blue. Until then, yeah. So it's like Auburn went to Tuscaloosa and lost by four. Alabama went to Auburn and lost. I think Auburn beat them by 18 or something. The home court advantage is huge in basketball. Huge. Yep. Huge. Unfortunately, and Auburn's other... about to head to Tennessee pretty soon, and that's probably not going to be pretty. They're number four. Well, and the other th- the other thing is, as you know, um, other than UConn, I don't think there's a standalone team that looks like they're going to dominate this year. So we might have to watch those uh, conference tournaments just to see how everything shakes out here at the end of the season. Yeah, why And that's really do, when I like watching basketball anyway. Why don't we do a TNA top 10 um, pick them thing for the March Madness? That'll be good. We could do that. I'll, we'll, we'll have everybody make fun of how bad we are at this. I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm bad. You know I'm, used to, you know I'm used to making an ass of myself. I thought our rating E was E for everyone. I did not realize that it was E for explicit – and then apparently I'm the reason for the E rating. Somebody apparently, that up to me, absolutely, you're the reason for the E rating, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I doubt certain things, but that's not one of them. So why I don't we E get... was for everyone. That's all I'm saying. Well, this next story is for everyone. And I hid this from you because it's going to get an eye roll. We talked about statues recently. Kobe got a statue. This week, another great, another great in sports got a statue. Albie the Tiger gets a statue in front of the student union in Auburn. Let me let me run it down for you. He has won a record eleven national championships. He was among the first three mascots inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame in 2006. The legend, Albie the Tiger, in bronze in front of the student union. I can't even take you seriously. 
Y'all suck so bad that you got to give the mascot his own statue? Oh, but he's a legend. What are you talking about? Herbie was a legend. I mean, Abby, I don't know shit about Abby. And by the way, he's just one of five different Tigers in the SEC. He ain't fucking special. No, okay? there's not five. Not quite. Most of them. He's They're not all in the, the southeast. White farmer with the big hat. And Let's the big run them team. down. Okay. So we do have three. Missouri. And there's four. LSU. Missouri, LSU, Auburn. And then Memphis is number four. Oh, Clemson's over in and the then, southeast. Also. And you got Clemson, too. Yeah. Well, but see, Clemson's, Clemson's a copycat of Auburn. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. Yeah. Y'all want to go look up the history yeah. of Clemson. That's a copy and paste. But, you know, I said what I yeah, said. For a, for, a school, for a school that yells War Eagle instead of Roar. Oh, speaking of ACC teams copying Auburn. Did you see that Wake Forest, after beating Duke, rolled a bunch of trees with toilet paper? I did not. Yeah, we we can't get these ACC schools to keep copying us. They're quick copying us. It's oh my you know, god, they wish. Anyway, let's move along, sir. Because this this is me judging you. I I may, the silence our audience is hearing is me judging you right now over Abby the Tiger. I am judging you. But anyway, so not only, you know, not next. only did we have football to talk about today, we talk wrestling sometimes. And sometimes. I woke up pretty early on Saturday morning. It's called fucking replay. But go ahead. <laughs> I woke up at 4. Well, I got to tell you, I woke up at 4 to start watching this. But I I got to be honest with you. About halfway through the first match, I was asleep again. So I did have to watch about half of this on replay. But um, let's run it down, sir. Let's run it down. Maybe that's a T-shirt for us because I say that a lot, don't I? Let's run it. Let's down. run it down, yeah, along anyway, with we'll all right. Anyway. So, the, so the Kabuki Warriors, the old, uh, the old Bailey faction, defeat Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. So this Retain is the Oscar, women's tag team titles. Oscar, Oscar and, and um, uh, see, I got to write these things down. What is her tag team is, partner's name? Oh my! It's goodness. not EO. It's, it's not EO um, Shirai. Is oh, it? people it's, are um, screaming at us right now. What is her name? Anyway, that is that is really sad that I didn't write this down, and I should know it. She left. She came back. What is her name? <laughs> oh, it's um. <laughs> Anyway, so the Kabuki Warriors, they uh, yeah. they beat uh, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, and they kept the women's tag championships. Now, I'm I'm a huge fan of Asuka. Um, Asuka and I share a birthday. She is two years younger than me. And you're looking this up really, really quickly. No, you're this. good. Yeah, yeah, the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, Asuka and Kari Sane. Oh yeah, I knew I, uh, yeah, I shouldn't. Why could I not think of that? But anyway, yeah, at. two years, two years younger than you. You say? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So Oscar's old. She's up there. Gotcha. She's pretty old. Yeah, she is pretty old. I don't think there's gray hair in her beard, but um, wow. That, that's a little. I got some me. right here. I haven't, I haven't cut it. But anyway, no, the good. I mean, they're a great tag team, and Lorraine and Hartwell. The Hartwell have very good chemistry. Yeah. Uh, going into this match, though, I never thought the Kabuki Warriors were going to lose this one. Just a personal opinion. Oh yeah. Um, 
you're you're in Australia. You're putting on a big show for the foreign audience. Uh, and let's talk about that. Perth, you know, real quick, Australia. Uh, Triple H come out said fifty thousand people were in attendance or fifty. Did he say fifty two? But whatever it was, it was fifty thousand people. Wow. Uh, WWE doesn't need to run Wembley, Tony Khan. They're going to sell out wherever they go. They have two nights of WrestleMania because the event is so big, and they get people to pay for them, and it's a worldwide event, and it is the brand. WWE is the brand of professional oh, wrestling, has been and will be for a very long time. But this is something we've talked about on the Arn Show when I do the research for him, Jake the Snake when I do the research for him and Marcus. Um, foreign audiences come out in mass. There's never a disappointing audience in in foreign markets because they don't get it all right. the time. So when was the last time Australia got a WWE pay-per-view? No, that's a rhetorical question. I don't actually know the answer. Uh, maybe the first time. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But 50,000 people in a prison colony country? Uh, pretty good. A, pretty good. A, Way to go, Big Jones. colony country. Listen, <laughs> when the sun didn't when the sun didn't set on the British Empire, Australia was the prison colony. That's oh, where they sent everybody was to Australia. I'm not making this shit up. Not it's this been week, a anyway. It's been a minute. Yeah, but it was a prison colony when the sun didn't ever set on the Indeed. British Empire. That's, That's right. a wonderful quote. But anyway, the women's elimination chamber. Terry's favorite, the redhead. That's Becky right. Lynch. I like the red hair. I girl, do like the accent. Bianca too. Belair. Bianca Belair, one of four women on this planet with a chance to land me in bed. Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. Really, leading up to this, I thought it was a three person race. It was Becky, Bianca, or Liv. Um, knowing that it looks like it's going to be against, yeah. uh, um, well, I guess we can wait. Rhea. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, and we'll get to there in a minute. That was an excellent, but anyway, I didn't really see it going any other way than the right. Becky winning, unless it was going to be Bianca or Liv, because you had to have a fan favorite win the damn thing, because I personally, and we'll get there, did not think Rhea Ripley was losing in her home No, city. no, no, no. It was a good match, though. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to talk about them in order, but I mean, you know, they did it well. I think Nia pretty much controlled the match for a big portion of it. And Rhea, Rhea, it's just Rhea. She's good. Well, the good thing about having Nia Jax, and I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan because I think she's a little reckless in the ring. Yeah. But um, the one thing about having Nia Jax is Rhea Ripley is never in danger of any of these women. Any of these women don't put her in jeopardy. With Nia right. Jax, you can actually tell the story that this six foot one, two hundred pound specimen of a woman, because Rhea Ripley is impressive. I don't give a shit what right. about the makeup or the goth or whatever. That is a beautiful woman, and the fact again that she's six foot and two hundred pounds, uh, she don't miss a whole hell of a lot of days at the gym. Right. Um, but you put her up against these smaller women, they're not going to. They don't. And they don't threaten her. It doesn't look like they've got a chance to beat her. Nia Jax and her domination in the main event of the match. And that was the other thing I really liked. They closed the night with Rhea and Nia. And yeah. 
They didn't have to. There was nothing that said they had to. They could have closed it with the men's elimination chamber for Pete's sake. But anyway, um, really good match. Thought it was very well done. Told a good story. Absolutely. And, you know, Rhea survives again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Judgment Day continues to hold the title. And speaking of them, Priest and Balor beat Dunn and Tyler Bate. Uh, as you might imagine, Terry, being a wrestling guy, I love the combination of Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. Um, that that hard-nosed British style, the joint, what do they call it, manipulation, where they're stomping on the elbows and the yeah. fingers. and I mean, I understand that this is choreographed violence, but that shit just looks bad. Like, I mean, if, you know, where they put the hand behind his hand, and they stomp on the elbow and yeah. all that stuff. I mean, it looks like they're murdering these these guys. And and it was a good match. Of course, the star of the match is Dominic Mysterio. 50,000 people trying to boo his ass out of the building. I mean, Dom is heat, buddy. Like, more so than Uncle Eddie. He is everywhere Absolutely. he goes. He's Uncle, got the heat everywhere I mean, he goes. You say Uncle. I think well, we, he might be his, it yeah, is debatable, yeah. right? You know, he is quite larger than his father, but yeah. Well, that damn haircut too is just obnoxious enough. I know um one of our listeners, my my platonic life partner, rates hair. I've never asked her about Dom's, but I mean that mullet is it's out there. I mean it's obnoxious, but uh, obviously it's there for a reason. But I don't think I didn't think Judgment Day was going to lose either. I mean this this was a pretty basic right. card. Um, match was good. I thought. What did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it was a decent match, but I mean, of the matches, I mean, it was, it was the one I was probably least interested in. Honestly. I got you. Um, just not as much flash there. I mean, there, like you said, there's good wrestlers involved in this. The, I, there wasn't a bad match on this card. I liked it overall. Um, on the fly, we got a rating for Dom's hair. It's a negative seven. Negative seven. I was wondering if we might get yeah. that. Yeah. We got a message in live on the show. It was a negative <laughs> seven. So I was not wrong. Apparently his hair does suck. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I do know that she, as well as myself, are big Finn Balor fans. Big Finn Balor fans. But, uh, you know, the demon. And so, other reasons. So anyway. then... You know, the men's elimination chamber, um, pretty good ending, I thought. Um I like how they I like how they did it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, Logan Paul is eliminated and then he hits Randy Orton with brass knuckles and um after he's eliminated and uh Drew McIntyre took advantage of it and pinned Orton and, and won. And I've I've made the statement on here before. I know Drew McIntyre's a big dude. Not Comparing him to the other big names, I just don't want to see him win stuff as much. And I just, I'm not interested in that. I'm not that much of a fan of his. I just, um, there's no flash for me there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure yeah, Drew, do something Drew McIntyre. It, it's not great to me. Drew McIntyre was the COVID champ. And unfortunately, will always be the COVID champ. He, he, he has that distinction as being the guy that was the champion during the hardest time to be in a yeah. business that relies on live event performance when the audience was a bunch of people on screens 
mm-hmm. um, or wrestlers or whatever. I mean, it seems like bizarro world, Terry, but we weren't, it wasn't COVID that long ago, you know? Um, so uh, the one thing I like about this, uh, first off, the the deal with Logan Paul doing the brass knuck thing and then getting hit with the RKO out of nowhere. Because you knew it was coming at some point. That was fantastic. Um, where he's flashing the knucks, he's getting ready to hit somebody, and he gets nailed. That was fantastic. But number two, if they're going to put Logan Paul and Randy Orton together for WrestleMania, that's going to be fantastic. Because yeah. Randy Orton is a veteran, obviously one of the best wrestlers in the world, um, Logan Logan Paul uh, constantly, I think, exceeds expectation. And I've made the statement before, and don't mind saying it again, I think he's the best celebrity wrestler the WWF has ever had. Second, Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny is fantastic. But Logan Paul has even exceeded what Bad Bunny was able to do in that street fight with Damian Priest earlier this year, or last year, I guess, at Backlash. Um I I really like Logan Paul as a professional wrestler. He embraces the heel character. He plays that role perfectly. Um, even to the point where Kevin Owens is in the cage and he goes and mocks him and he and Kevin Owens starts barking at him like he's a dog or something. That that was absolutely uh fantastic in my opinion. But anyway, I don't mean to drone on. I think it was pretty obvious McIntyre was gonna win with the promo treatment he got leading up to the event. Yeah. I didn't ever really see any of those other guys um, as going up against Seth Rollins unless you were going to have it be Logan Paul, genuinely. Yeah. Uh, but but I do like the idea of Logan Paul versus Randy Orton. I hope we they build on yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. And, and uh, move him away from Kevin Owens. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Logan Paul's got to advance on someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think the, I think the Drew McIntyre-Seth Rollins match is safe. Um, but Rollins Nothing is gonna have to have knee. He's gonna have to have knee surgery at some point. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he loses the title, or maybe we finally see. You got to remember, Damian Priest is carrying that briefcase around. Maybe we maybe you finally here. see him. Yeah, you see him cash it in at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, I don't think Drew McIntyre was ever factored into any of this, but CM Punk got hurt legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you, I think we were headed for Punk Rollins, and nobody will ever oh, convince yeah. me otherwise. And it would have been great. Um, yeah, and it would have been great. I, I will agree with that. Fuck CM Punk, but that <laughs> would have been a good match. Um, hey, I'm consistent if anything. Um, uh, but I also, I also think that um, Logan, Logan Paul, Randy Orton's got potential. McIntyre, I think, is going to be there to to take. Rollins to the limit before you see Priest cash in. Um, because Priest is a Triple H guy. The other thing to mention about Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley is a Triple H girl, gal, mm-hmm. woman, whatever. I mean, Triple H believes in her right. enough that she and Nia Jax main evented this this thing in, in Australia with 50,000 yeah. people in attendance. Big it. deal. And owned it. And the thing is about Triple H is he's a wrestler's wrestler, but he's also an executive and understands what the audience wants and needs and that sort of thing. So I think somehow you get to to Priest. And then, of course, unfortunately, the Judgment Day probably implodes at that point. I really enjoy that group, particularly the elements where you've got, you know, Balor is the semi-leader, Priest is the heavy, Dom is the damn antagonist, and, of course, Mommy – 
And that's the thing about Rhea Ripley. No, she is at that level. And I know we were talking about the men's elimination chamber and I bounced back. But Rhea Ripley's at that level where people don't boo her anymore. She's right. not a heel. She can't be a heel. She's reached that level in wrestling where people just like her. She could be hitting people with chairs short of killing killing dogs on Main Street, you know, drowning little puppies or kittens or something. She's never going to do anything that's going to get the audience to boo her, ever. And that's even against Becky Lynch. I bet you you see a 50-50 crowd in Philly. And you might even be worse than that. I mean, they might be all for Rhea at that point that. in Philadelphia. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait for that. That's going to be good. And, Becky, and that'll be a me, great match. Great match. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and obviously I'm a Becky fan. And, you know, we talk about looks and accents and stuff. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a Randy Savage fan. Have been for a very long time. And to me, Becky's somewhat the Randy Savage of the women's division. Because you know, yeah, you've because got you got Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, this, yeah, the whole she's Hogan, the bigger, basically. the Hogan, you know, she's yeah. not, she's not like her dad. Ric Flair was a smaller guy, you know, Charlotte's larger, she's not the biggest, you know, Hulk right. Hogan wasn't the biggest either, but she's, she's bigger than a lot of them and able to still move around and do things. And, and she's obviously mm -hmm. that, but. Becky to me is that that next that next one that to me is a five tool player here, just like Savage was, and that's that's what I love. I love that kind of wrestler that can talk, that can move, that just gets in there, not afraid to get dirty. That to me is Becky Lynch. I'm glad she won it, and I can't wait to see that match. However. One thing we got here that happened at the Elimination Chamber that wasn't a match, that's a big story here leading into WrestleMania. We keep seeing this story being played out with Cody Rhodes. And what's mm -hmm. the deal with The Rock? I think maybe you even kind of called this last week, but it's looking more and more. And heck, we're recording this on Monday night. Raw's happening. They may have already figured it out, and we haven't watched it yet. But it's looking right. like, I mean, are we going to see Cody and The Rock one night? And then I say Cody and Roman the next night, but, you know, they could go whoever wins the first night goes with Roman the next night. I would expect it to the be good Cody. news is, Yeah, the good news is there's a lot of time. The bad news is it's got to be Cody. And yeah. uh, the reason I think it's got I mean, you're at the end of the bloodline story. At some point, yeah. you have to hit the you have to hit the end button. You just it's the story cannot run on and on and on. Now, I yeah. mean, it's been yeah. going. It's been great though. <laughs> I mean, they've done some good stuff. Um, it has grown a little tired, but I don't think it's overstayed its welcome. I think this is a great opportunity to end it the right way. I agree with that because that's the other thing is. You have this great vision. You tell this great story. You have these awesome chapters, but how do you how do you conclude the story? You know, one of the great novelists of the world, James R. R. Martin, wrote Game of Thrones. He let a television production company finish his story. But the books, the detail, the the characters, the grotesque nature of these people that you saw brought to life on HBO series 
all came from this man's mind. But he never finished his book. He never finished the book. Part of it is, how do you finish the book? You know, there's an attachment to it. There's a love for it. Um, they knew that a mega power story was going to run weird. I don't think anybody thought the bloodline would run three plus. We knew the mega powers was one year right before WrestleMania four with the screw job on, on uh, February the 5th, 1987 or 88 all the way up to April the 5th of 1989. You knew when the mega powers explode brother that talking about Hogan and Savage, that that was one huge story arc with the subtleties and all that stuff. And for anybody interested, you haven't heard it. I'm sure everybody's heard it. Something to wrestle. Bruce Pritchard breaks down the mega power storyline and it's fantastic. It is 100% fantastic. It's Bruce before he went back to the WWE. And so he's a little looser with the things he says, but it, his explanation is perfect. And the story makes perfect sense. Now here with Roman, they could have taken the belt off of him last year in Montreal, but they're not going to take the title off of him at a secondary pay-per-view like Elimination Chamber, even in Sami Zayn's hometown. They just weren't going to do it. And then when they stole it from from Cody at Mania, um, I mean, I, and then it became the same ending every week like the NWO did or the Horseman did or whatever. And you got to find a way to kill it. You got to find a way to finish it. And what better way than the original, the rock and the, and the Roman, you know, um, real head of the table. I will, I will say this though, for both of them, uh, Roman is fantastic on the microphone these days. He is yeah. fantastic in the ring. He has become he the guy. He really has. Despite the fact, I know we've got our friends that give shit because he don't wrestle. Um, but what once every 30 days or whatever that's how care. it is these days i don't i mean that's just how it i goes. don't need to see roman every i don't need to see roman every week i really right. don't and i understand he's the world champion and all that but i don't need to see it every week i don't i really don't um but anyway that was a long tangent to say that um like you were talking about you saw the grayson waller thing and i think him and cody are going to have a match tonight and all that stuff um were they going to have a match I don't tonight, know. or was that going to be? See, I wasn't. I thought looking. it was tonight. I thought it, it was tonight be. on Raw. But okay. um, anyway, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Um, Grayson Waller is just a stepping stone to get to whatever next element of the story they're telling. Uh, I thought the Rock's promo on SmackDown leading up to the pay per view was fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, he did his heel Rock corporate Rock gimmick and. And it was great, you know, it's just like the old days when we all grew up watching it. But um, I'm of the opinion Cody Rhodes leaves Philadelphia with the championship. Um, I don't think they're going to screw him twice, and I don't think they're going to do it in Philly. Right. But Because um, Philly will boo Santa Claus, let alone Cody Rhodes. So the good news is Cody Rhodes is revered. He's found himself in the John Cena spot, though. Hard, they're not going to let him turn. Um, I don't think because he's selling merchandise and doing the kids thing and the miracle and all that stuff. So anyway, um, yeah. So what was your Good overall pay -per view all the way around? Yeah. 
I was asking you that question and you just offered it up. I thought so too. I don't think there was a real letdown match. I think all of them were pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with the I criticism. It was predictable. Yeah. I agree with the, with the criticism. It was predictable, but uh, to me, that's more of an observation. Yeah. This is a, for all intents and purposes, secondary pay-per-view and or paid for house show in a foreign country. You're not going to do a whole lot of surprises. Um, Shocking and the moments other thing don't is, happen at Elimination Chamber. I mean, you're setting no. up, you're, you're between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. This is just a way to get there. Well, other than the second Shawn Michaels Undertaker match was set up at Elimination Chamber, thanks to the super kick that cost Undertaker the world title. But, um, but you're right, Terry. Secondary pay-per-views are not typically where you see see the big things happen. So, anyway. Um, you want to that talk was about a, I, the baseball? The baseball. The baseball. So, it's baseball season. Um, there's it's a lot of that. heat. There's a lot of heat on baseball right now, and I see what you, I see that you've got it listed. Why? But, yeah. but, but the, the baseball, for those of you who do not have never watched Schitt's Creek, number one, shame on you, because the levees are fantastic in there. But my favorite character, who I send a lot of gifts of, David Rose, played by uh, Daniel Levy, or Levy, um, I believe it's Levy, but anyway, he... Uh, he and his boyfriend Patrick have this interaction about the baseball, and uh, and and of course David gets everything wrong about it and gets suckered into playing the game. I told Terry because of that, we will refer to baseball from now on as the baseball. So that's number one. Number two, I want to tell all of our adoring fans that I am officially a Yankees fan. Now, Terry shakes his head because he knew this was coming, but I thought I put a lot of thought into this. Terry, don't don't judge me. You know I'm very I'm a critical thinker, and I I do things with purpose. And so this is what I thought about: number one, twenty seven championships. Okay, so it's a it's a franchise with history, and I know the names: Gehrig and and Babe Ruth, and and of course DiMaggio and. All of the rest. Mickey Mantle. Don't forget Mickey, Mickey Mantle. I knew I missed Mickey. Um, so I get it. Yogi you know. Bear. And then there's the pinstripes. And let's face it. I mean, I am a whore for looking good. You know, and the pinstripes are probably the best <laughs> uniform in baseball. So there's the pinstripes. And then we move on to the fact it's in New York. And you know that I could be an awesome New Yorker. The, the attitude, the language, you know, fucking A. I can do it right now if you want me to, you know. I mean, I could talk about my friend Allison. My friend Allison is from New York. <laughs> so we're like natural New Yorkers. And, you know, she's no fucking Mets fan. We don't root for the Mets because they suck. Fuck your Subway series. And, of course, the last thing is, is Giancarlo. And that just stands alone by itself. I didn't need any water features in the ESPN magazine. And some of you will get that joke 20 minutes down the line. But um, Giancarlo tips the scale. And that is why, sir, I will be a Yankees fan from here on out. 
because uh, how am I going to live with Allison if I'm not a Yankees fan? I mean, really, this is not possible. Not possible at all. And then again, there's Giancarlo. So, you know. So I will be a Yankees fan for the duration of baseball. The baseball, by the way. And uh, looks like spring training started and yeah, people so, are So all up, that buddy. said, all that said, the baseball is about to get heated up because spring, everybody has reported to spring training now. All the teams are there. They're fixing to get it cranked up. Um, in some really uh, stupid-looking uniforms, getting a lot of criticism with um, the lettering that looks bad and some see-through pants. There was a picture that was going around with some I don't understand the problem about out. the pants. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I figured not. I don't have a problem with the pants. Where's Giancarlo's pants? Let's check those out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the lettering, the lettering looks like these damn things are. I saw a picture of one the other day. I think it was supposed to be blue. But it was yeah, ob- it looked like it was old, like it was really faded. <laughs> I can see like letters falling off yes. and stuff. I just uh, I don't know. It's bad. It's it's going to be changed. I'm sure somebody's scrambling right these now to the, fix some of this. These are the highest paid professional athletes in the world, and that's what you sent them out on the field to wear. Well, it, it's kind of like on Seinfeld when George was working for the Yankees and decided that uh, they needed new uniforms. And I don't remember what the material was, but um, that did not go well. So it, it's uh, it's a well, similar thing there. The other thing is they need to tighten up the uniforms because the Yankees have the best uniforms, and I'm a Yankees fan now. So we need to make sure them pinstripes right on our men, uh, you know, for the 162 games coming up. All right, so. We're going to do a little more talking about the baseball because this week's top 10 as these minor league guys are hopeful to make the major league club. Let's talk about the minor leagues a little bit and let's talk about the top 10 minor league baseball team names. We had several people, including ourselves and and some other friends, and I put it out on Twitter, maybe. I don't did I put this one out on Twitter. I don't remember. Facebook. Facebook. Well, I put Maybe. it on Facebook, but Facebook's a little more. I, I don't. I put something out on. I can't keep up with it. I'm so inconsistent. But anyway, I closed this one out. We got our finals. Let's talk about the top ten minor league baseball team names, starting with number ten, the Omaha Storm Chasers, the AAA for the Kansas City Royals. Love the name. It works. It's regional. It's perfect. Storm Chasers. Yep. You know, obviously growing up in Nebraska, on the northern edge of Tornado Alley, the only way this works any better is if it's an actual Kansas team. Um, but there are genuinely, and I know you know this, Terry, there are genuinely morons stupider than me that will get in a vehicle and chase a tornado um, run and it. record this foolishness as they drive directly into golf, golf ball hail with 40 mile an hour winds blowing at the eye before they get to the storm with these huge clouds on each side or whatever. And they just running right into it. I'm like, Hmm, y'all a bunch of dumbasses, but okay. I Have you seen that documentary where that guy tries to create this supercar where he's going to drive right into the eye of the tornado? I honestly have not, but I did see twister. And the only thing they got right in twister as somebody from the Midwest is that, you don't, it, it can drop it. It'll take this house down and this house down and this house down, but you don't know when it's coming. That F5 tornado at the end of the show, complete bullshit. 
You are not going to drive a little truck or a big truck into a live tornado system. Um, the the thing they got with the sister twisters, that was not correct either. The F3, not right. I mean, I, I could go on and on. It's, just, it's not good. Some, if, uh, well, I mean, and maybe they'll get it right with this new one. We got the advertisement during the Super Bowl. Yeah, for the new one. New and hopefully they do get it right. Because like I'm in the I'm that guy in the They're movie theater. They're gonna consult James Spann on this one. He'll give them the correct ten, information. Ten, ten or twelve years old. No bullshit, Terry. I'm sitting there pointing out to everybody in the movie theater why that's not correct, and that would not happen. Now. <laughs> All right, anyway, let's move along. That, Number nine. The Lansing never know what I'm gonna say next. The high A That's a great name. affiliate for the Oakland Athletics. And I'm calling them the Oakland A's because, quite frankly, um, Las Vegas said, um, we don't know if we want you coming to our city after all. So the Athletics, not sure where they're going to be in the next few years. It's getting a little shaky, but they got a pretty good named team for their high A club in Lansing. Yeah, the Lugnuts is a great name. That's and great. and one of the things my criteria was, mm -hmm. does the name, is it a fun name? Does it make sense for the region? Right. I mean, I don't even think we had the designs. We just kind of had the names and stuff. And I, yeah, you know me, very little preparation. I just kind of fly by the seat of my yeah, pants. I know our good. audience yeah. is shocked by that, but it is true. And, of course, I'm a car guy. So the Lugnuts Plus... Let's face it, Lansing Lugnuts, the alliteration there, that's perfect. It's off the tongue. I like it. I'm good with it. Number nine is a pretty good number for that. Because you gave us 38 options, by the way, sir. Um, well, give me top 10. Okay. And by the way, I in the serial poll, this poll, and several other polls, spoiler fans, we're going to argue about cereal at some point. And Terry put brand cereal on the list. So don't don't blame me for that shit. You never know what kind of weirdo that might say, yes, I'm going to vote for this. I got to give everybody the options. No bias here. I'm putting as much info out there as possible. The only, you know, the reason there were so many teams available on this one, if it was just a generic name, I didn't put it on there because I knew nobody would vote for that. If it was the same name as the major league team, nobody's going to vote for Iowa Cubs, you know? That doesn't need to be on the list. It's just the, no. yeah, that kind of thing. It, it's just the same name. It's as the boring. Major League team. Yeah. I wasn't going to put yep. Indians on there, which was kind of interesting to me. The Major League Indians changed their names, but there's two minor league teams still named the Indians in other organizations. And the Native Americans apparently don't give a fuck because it's reduced their revenue, but that's a whole nother conversation. It anyway, is. we'll get to that. Who's some number, other eight, time. Terry? number eight, <laughs> the Kannapolis Cannonballers. And I love this one, especially because this logo looks like the Pringles guy put a helmet on and got thrown out of a and got shot out of a, a cannon. It's a it's, it's a cross between Evil Knievel and the Pringles guy. That's exactly yeah, what that is. It is excellent. Even, I love the it. The colors too, the red, the white, the blue, and look at that mustache, buddy. It you is. could say that is a flavor saver right there. I mean, that is a that is a full on grade ten mustache. I got to tell you, like this it. character here makes me. Where's Canapolis? Is that Maryland? 
Yeah. So it makes me almost want to go to Maryland just to go see what the live mascot's like. I wonder if they shoot him out of a cannon because this is clearly an oh, evil, an evil man. Shooter. This is this should have been higher than number eight. You know, they could do like a a regular cartoon series with this character. Look at that guy. Would he not make a good cartoon? He's I'm just telling you, it, shot it, out of a cannon all the it, time. That's fantastic. It's right out of it's right out of Acme, buddy. Man. Right out of Acme. Oh, I'm throwing this out there. Okay, we got all these mascots in minor league baseball that are fantastic. Let's make a cartoon of several of them grouped up together and just somebody do that, please. Okay, they're the single. Terry's not an animator. The He's the idea sucks. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how to do it, but I'll watch it. Number the idea seven, people. the Bowling Green Hot Rods. And I got to be honest, I like the name. It fits with Bowling Green. But come on, give me a better logo than this. Do you know why they're the Bowling Green Hot Rods, though, sir? Because, because I am the car the, guy on this show, and I do know this. Because of the uh, Corvette Museum. The Corvette Museum. And every Corvette... Created, made, sold in America, comes out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. In case you didn't know, that is one hundred percent a fact. Okay. Um, you get a you get a um, letter of authenticity. You get a trip to the you get a trip to the museum. Everything comes from Kentucky. The Corvette itself comes from Kentucky, whereas some of these other Corvette or other cars come from different shipping points. This yeah. one, the Corvette, is always Kentucky. So All right. well, I should cool. expect that you would know something like that. But yeah, that's why. That's why they're well, the I've hot driven through there quite a few times. Mm -hmm. um, I knew the museum was there. I didn't know all those details. Thanks for that, car guy. They are the high A yep. for the, the high A affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, oh God. Did we have to mention Dave in the QC? Or the, we didn't or mention the Huntsville, him, but, you the HSV? Well, I mean, you got Tampa Bay on there for God's sake. You know he's all excited. Uh, go Yankees! I'm getting, Ugh. I'm, I'm getting my practice in. Ugh. It's like Roll Tide, but now we're go Yankees till October. Number six. Here's a good one: the Montgomery Biscuits, the Double A for the Tampa Bay Rays. They are on this list quite a bit. They got some fun names in their organization. The Biscuits is cool. I like. He's that. got a little That's butter. Fun. You I, see on the logo. I don't there. think of, I don't think of Montgomery when I think of biscuits. Is yeah, Montgomery a biscuit? City? Nothing specifically about city, Montgomery. Terry? See, here's the thing: they could have gone with. I, I think Hank Williams Senior is from Montgomery. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but so the Montgomery Hanks. <laughs> At least you know the song that's about him that um, Alan Jackson sings is about montgomery um yeah i don't know nothing special about there's biscuits everywhere down here sir i mean you don't have to go to montgomery for it i would nah, like just to go to bojangles mascot, um bojangles has nothing on the biscuit place in huntsville though we will be going thanksgiving week to the biscuit place in huntsville <laughs> it's it's technically not in huntsville but you know the one i'm talking about it might as well be Number five, yeah. the Hickory Crawdads. Let's visit North Carolina, I, the high A affiliate I love of it. the Texas Rangers. 
I love the idea of the crawdads in North Carolina, but that's more Louisiana. But it's okay. We'll let it slide. This is one of the many baseball teams that you probably figured out in North Carolina. There's a lot. Um, we have we have several minor league baseball teams so, in this state. Yeah, um, so one of them, I was looking this up because there was one that did not make the list. The Down East Wood Ducks, I believe. And I'm looking mm-hmm. up, I was like, what the crap is Down East? And it was like 30 minutes from your house. Yep. Yep. Like, I guess you're Down East. Yep. That's, yeah. Down East is out of, uh, is it Wilson? I guess. Um, but yeah, Down East is actually an entire brand in this part of the state. Okay. Um, and I'm not quite far enough east from Goldsboro, I guess. But remember, I'm 70 minutes from the ocean. So um, pretty far east. Far enough inland that when it hurricanes, we get the flooding. Um, not the actual wind damage. But anyway, no, the Crawdads, they've got... Um, oh, I just lost the name of several. But we've got several here in North Carolina. The uh, minor league baseball teams. Only and, um, the Carolina League is is yeah. full of a bunch of good names. And they've got one moving to Wilson, North Carolina. That's uh, uh, the... I keep wanting to say the trash pandas, but that's you guys. It's the uh, – it'll come to me. But anyway, um, we can move on. But, yeah, the crawdad – and I one thing I like about it, like you, Terry, this this artwork is fantastic it on is. the crawdad. I tried Holding to find, that baseball, you know. I try to find the good logos for these. So anybody that watches it on YouTube uh, – and speaking of that, the way I've been doing the YouTube and we really just started doing it M- – Mudcats, the Carolina right. Mudcats. So, what one, city is that? In? May have spoiled us. That one, they're moving them to Wilson, but they're oh, actually okay. located. They're located in Zebulon, I believe, is the okay. town, and it's just it, it's not that far down there. It's thirty minutes. Um, and then we've got a Kinston affiliate in Kinston, North Carolina. Um, but it's the Mudcats. Um, and I don't know if they made the list or not, but spoiler alert, folks. They were one of the, the Carolina Mud. Was. Yeah, the Carolina Mudcats are catfish. That's what it is. The Mudcat catfish. Right. So um, you're yeah, doing the noodling and all that time, stuff. Before the Trash Pandas came in, uh, we had the Huntsville Stars. Well, they moved out eventually, but I used to go watch them a lot, and uh, they would play the uh, Mudcats. I think the Mudcats changed leagues at some point, but um, we would see them play them a lot. But what I was getting to a minute ago with the YouTube, um, what we're offering up on YouTube each week, uh, we do the full show, and I've also been cutting just the top 10. So that should be uh, much shorter if you want to watch the top 10 or something like that. I'll be putting those videos out there in case you don't have as much time to watch the full show. So please confirm Terry, because I don't go to the games much because they're in the summer and it's hot. Mm -hmm. Carolina Mudcats are in Zebulon, North Carolina. They will be moving to Wilson, North Carolina. So I did have that right, but they are a one a affiliate. Okay. Uh, They were double a for a while. They dropped down. No, they're one a four. The El Paso Chihuahuas. Such a good one. I voted for that one. I know I did. Triple um, A for the San Diego that. Padres. 
Look at that dog, dude. That dog is vicious as hell. I believe if you go south of El Paso, you go into Juarez. I believe that is in Chihuahua. I think that is the area in Mexico. I don't know if it's a state or whatever. The state. It's a. They call it a state. Yes, sir. Okay, I think that is Chihuahua. I think that's yep. the reason El Paso. I think you are Chihuahua. correct. I love yeah, it look when at the it's dog. a regional, like you said, it's like not a whole lot of crawdads in North Carolina here, but, um, but I like it when they have a local flavor. Yeah. Yeah. It's and good. that's the fun thing. Like the, the lug nuts, the hell, the trash pandas, the crawd or the, uh, the crawdads. I mean, it, as long as it makes sense, the one thing about this is the colors pop on this logo. I mean that it's a fun logo to look at. You could sell the merchandise on this, even if it's minor league baseball. I get that, um, but there's a lot of marketing opportunity there. And the dog, the dog looks like he's high. I'm just gonna put that out there. He looks like he's stoned. Um, this dog here, I would know these things. I've had experience, but that dog he does have the red eyes. definitely on the drugs. He's got the red eyes for sure. Definitely needed the visine for this particular photo op. Top three, Terry. Number Who's three, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, double A for the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I don't know if you get any further away from San like Francisco it. than Richmond, Virginia, but yeah, that's a long I way. do enjoy the logo. I do enjoy the logo. Uh, well, I think Rocky the double A teams you know? are mostly east and the triple A teams are mostly in the west. I think that's how that works out. I may well, I wrong. don't know, but the Yankee, the Yankees are in New York. Um. Yeah, and all their teams the are Braves, down here somewhere. The Braves fan is never going to forgive me for this, but I do like this one. This is this is fun. Um, flying squirrels are okay, you know. Uh, there aren't any flying squirrels in Richmond. Sorry to tell y'all. Maybe you got colliding squirrels or diving squirrels, but uh, you know, it's this fun. This is another one. Work. Honestly. I hear flying squirrels. I think you could do a good logo, but this ain't it. This logo to me, sorry guys, but this this doesn't match with your name. Just and it, it it's 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 red and black when you've got the opportunity to pop Very it. Dark. Of course you think you think of the flying squirrel, you think of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Um so anyway, uh number two. I agree with that. I agree with that criticism, but I do I will say this before you move to number two. The color scheme does pop. It is. But I don't know that it's the appropriate, especially for minor league baseball, where it's supposed to be fun, family, loose, you know, that sort of stuff. Not sure on that one. So I jumped the gun a little bit. Number two, the Akron rubber ducks. And um I like this one. Mostly because it was rubber ducks. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good, but this logo, this is not what I expected the logo to be when I went looking for this. Not for a rubber duck, sir. That duck looks like somebody pissed him off and shot him in the ass with 12-gauge. Uh, is that tire marks yeah. coming off his head? I mean, I, oh, is that yeah. it? Is it rubber as in, like, tires? Do they yeah, make a lot of be. tires you in might, Akron? Yeah. Oh, uh, did we just do. figure this out? It's Akron, Ohio. Yeah, it's Akron, Ohio. So there's oh, a lot of manufacturing oh, there. there used so that's to be. not the kind of rubber ducks that we think about. It's kind of like Sandusky, Ohio at Callahan Auto Parts. Yeah. <laughs> I knew where that was headed. 
And that's the double A team for the Cleveland Guardians. And the number one, and we've mentioned it about 50 times already. It shouldn't be a surprise. And you've probably peeked at my shirt. The Rocket City Trash Pandas, the double A affiliate for the Los Angeles Angels. This is your number one minor league baseball team name for the TNA. And we love the Trash Pandas because really, for those of you playing along at home, a Trash Panda is a raccoon. And but this one lives not... in a trash can, and it's rocket-powered. While we may not, by the way, have um, crawdads here in North Carolina, there are plenty of raccoons in Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, they've been in digging in my trash a whole bunch of times, too, yeah. That's so true. it makes sense, plus it's Rocket City. Isn't the panda's name Rocket? Or did they not? No, do no, that? no, 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 no. Okay, here's a quote. So, when when they before they started playing, and they were talking about, um, you know, I meant to look up all the possible team names, but we got to vote for this, and this was really fun. So, um, we found out we were getting a team. Um, the Trash Pandas moved from Mobile. They were the Mobile Bay Bears. Um. And we needed a new team name because Bay Bears doesn't make any sense. There's no Bay near Huntsville. So um, so we needed a new team name. So we got to vote. They gave us like 10 different names. Um, several were space-related because it's Huntsville, you know. We had some generic stuff. We had some real weird ones. There was like um, some kind of weird shark thing that was a possibility. And they put it out for the people to vote for. We voted for the the um, moniker, and we voted for the first part. Like it could be, it's in Madison technically, not Huntsville. So I think Madison was an option. I think North Alabama was an option, and I think Rocket City. So I voted for Rocket City, and I voted for Trash Pandas. So the people agreed with me, and that's what happened. Um, but to answer your question, sir. The guy that was bringing the team into Huntsville was on the local radio, and somebody asked him about the name of the mascot because that was a big reveal, mm-hmm. too. They did several reveals over quite a bit of time before they played. And somebody asked him about naming it Rocket, and he said, no, 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 we can't do that. Mickey likes to sue. So that was not going to happen. Mickey likes to sue. Yeah. So you couldn't call him Rocket? So his name's of... Rocket. You couldn't call him Rocket because of the Guardians of the Galaxy? or Yeah, yeah so that was the yeah. idea. They didn't want to even approach that. But his name is Sprocket. So it's not too far off. Which, yeah, I was going to say hardly gimmick infringement. <laughs> um, but no, the Trash Pandas That's are like great. That's like Randy we had Hogan the or something. Not the Hulk. Sorry, y'all. So that's our top 10 minor league baseball team names. Thank you to everybody that voted. As always, we're getting some more um, participation in the polls. Um, I'm settling in on confidence in the, the thing we use for the polls. I was talking to some of their support today to make sure that some issues don't show up. Um, so 
as I said, thanks for anybody that participates. We really appreciate it. This one was really fun. Um, it wasn't food. No nope. food is the most but fun, that, but this was fun. I I sent Terry I sent Terry a bunch of videos on food today from Instagram. If we ever get huge on social media, I'm going to share reels with our audience because you know how much I love and adore reels, and I watch a lot of them. I don't send every one to my people, but I watch a lot of them to get there. And when the guy opens the video about food saying, don't bother me right now, I'm doing fat, or what did he say? We're doing fat people shit. And all of a sudden, he cuts open a, a French toast and puts fries and food. I'm all in. You have my attention. Absolutely. I am also doing fat people shit. I got several of those from you. I noticed, I noticed today <laughs> that the reels that you sent to me, it was like five of them. Like, okay. When I say five of the reels he sent to me today were about food, this is five of about 25 reels that you sent to me today. You went off that's, today, That's sir. correct. Quite I, I was busy at lunchtime. You were on fire I was, I, today. I was managing my mental health, sir. <laughs> um, and that's what you got to do sometimes. It is. So, yeah, I mean, uh, along with a lot of other things, that's probably a good segue because we wanted to get some get some thoughts out to people today. I don't know what uh, what all you might want to say, sir, but I think we know that it's important, you know, and we've said this. Tell the people that you love that you love them. Don't let it go unsaid. Make it weird if you have to. But um, there's some other things we want to talk about. If you don't have a will, go do a will. You may think you're too young. You may think you don't have a lot of stuff, but do your family a favor and and get a will done and a living will, you know, that that's a big thing. And um, if you've got children, do a living trust for them. I mean, these are just some ideas. I don't have all of these things done. I'm looking at this thinking I need to, I need to do some yeah. stuff and go to the doctor. Don't be stubborn about it. Um, don't be Quit afraid to find me. out what's wrong, sir, sir. It's time for you to go to the doctor, get a physical, find out. And, and, um, just do your best to to um, stay around for those that that love you, and um, you know that's the that's the message. That's a message we want to send today. That is a message that we want to send today, prompted by the fact that on the fifteenth of this month, um, I did lose my father. He finally passed. I say finally because he had battled some health issues. And the man went to the doctor far more than I have ever in my life in the last year. I'm sure. Um, I don't think Terry that I've been to the doctor other than that poison I got into last year for whatever that was, you know, that skin stuff. I oh, had. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was like the quick care, urgent care, whatever right. you want to call it. And then I had a sinus thing um, that I went to the doctor for. Actually it was a, it was the flu. I legitimately had the flu back in 18 or 19 had the flu for the only the second time in my whole life. I've only had the flu twice. I've had COVID twice, but I only had the flu twice. Um, I never even went to the doctor for COVID. I sat in my car and they came, gave me a test and said, Hey, you're quarantined for seven days. Go home. Um, the last time I went to the doctor legitimately was in 2004 
It is 2024. Um, and I had to go because I was going to college, as you're going to find out with Houston. And uh, they make you do, at the time it was new, it's not new anymore. They made you do hepatitis vaccines before you could go to college now. Um, not sh not sure what other vaccines they're going to require. But I had to do a physical, had to do the vaccines, blah, blah, blah. But truly, well, he's headed to the military, so they're going to line him up and just jab him. So he'll get what he Just gets. start stabbing it, exactly. But in 2004 was the last time I've been to the doctor. And uh, don't tell Amy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, other than an emergency quick, like, you know what I'm talking about, like a urgent care. Yeah. It's been since 2004 that I've been to the doctor. That is legitimate. That is the truth. Um, I don't want to know. So I get it. It's a long story for anybody that's interested, but I'll give you guys the cliff notes version. Um, and Terry's heard a lot of this already, but in 2015, um, my dad lost his job of 28 years to somebody my age for half the money downsizing, whatever. That happened in March. My mother died June 1st of 2015. And unlike my father, uh, who just died, she died suddenly. Uh, she was alive one day, and she was dead the next. And I'm going to put a pin in that, and we're going to come back to it. But the day she died, there were 23 medications on her nightstand. She also went to the doctor a lot. My dad found out six weeks after that that he had cancer and the first week of chemo and radiation or chemotherapy, it was before the radiation, he had a heart attack that killed 50% of his heart. So at the end, of this, this is a good story. It doesn't sound like it, but this is a good story. It's just going to take me a minute to get there. At the end of 2015, I thought I was going to lose both parents before I was 30. My mom was 54 when she died. Um, my father recovered from the heart attack, lived with a muscle that was 50% dead, and finished his chemotherapy, finished his radiation, and on August, or not August, excuse me, February 16th of 2016, was declared cancer-free. And he went on living. And in November of 19, he had another heart attack. And they put in a pacemaker, or not pacemaker, a defibrillator. And he went on living some more. And he got weaker and more feeble. And a month ago, I guess it was, now, he came to the house, drove up to North Carolina. You muted, bud. There we go. Hold on. Am you I good? Back. Yeah, you're good. Somehow... Somehow I started the music on my watch, but uh, dad dad came up a month ago. He got in a car wreck turning into my neighborhood. Um, he hit my neighbor, sideswiped him, which I've got to call the insurance company tomorrow to deal with, I guess. That's one of the things I've got to, got to do. Um, and he drove home, and he was unable to maintain his lane. And I didn't know this. I was not informed of this. I was not told this. Nobody stopped him from driving. 
He was unable to maintain his lane. He gave my sister his keys to his car when he got home. He actually got sideswiped by a semi-truck on the way home on Highway 95 or 20, whichever one. I think it was 20. Anyway, it was a damn mess. It was 100% a mess. And he went to the hospital on the 9th of February. And he and I had a, he went to the emergency room. They admitted him. And the, the day they admitted him, they diagnosed him with a massive blood clot, pneumonia in the lower lobe of his lung, and congestive heart failure. So I had a conversation with him that night, and he was lucid. Everything made sense. He was having trouble breathing. But if you have a massive blood clot and congestive heart failure and pneumonia, you're going to have trouble breathing. But he, but he, everything was fine, and he made sense, and everything. My sister went a couple days later. My other sisters were already there in Georgia. They live there um very close to him within 20 or 30 miles but anyway they were there and tuesday my youngest sister calls me and says something isn't right with dad and uh i don't i don't know how healthy he is or isn't but i don't think it's good i don't think he's gonna make it and it won't 90 minutes later my oldest sister calls me and says andrew he's talking about grandpa and grandma and these these my grandparents his parents his dad died in 1984 and his mom died in 1968 so i mean we're talking these folks have been dead a long time right. i mean it's, i'm not trying to be you know un, un uh sympathetic or anything i'm not trying to be that guy but they've they've been deceased right uh, i said well fuck and so i in the time i was on the phone with my sister i packed what i needed and i headed to georgia and i got there seven o'clock tuesday night the 13th we made it through valentine's day uh they did some more tests on valentine's day they found a 3.7 centimeter aortic aneurysm along with the blood clot the pneumonia the congestive heart failure and uh, we chose to put him on palliative care I spoke to his doctor, who was fantastic, uh, Thursday morning, and I said, okay, I mean, I want you to confirm a couple things. Number one, he's got congestive heart failure. The doctor said yes. I said, okay. Number two, when are we going to move him to palliative care? I mean, we'll we'll sign the papers. We'll move him, whatever. We're in a cardiovascular ICU room, by the way, and a man looks me in the face, and he says, well, we'll just see how he does today. This was... 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, so I knew then that my father was on death's door. Right. A cardiac, cardiovascular ICU room, bed, whatever, is not something that they're just going to let somebody occupy. And I, I hate to say it that way, but. I mean, this is a hospital. There are sick people. There are people that need that room and need that, you know, that treatment. Well, um, we started the morphine drip, put him on the, put him on the um, Ativan, and about twelve thirty or one o'clock, finally, 
after being in pain for 24 hours, the only words coming out of his mouth were help, help me, help, help me, help me, help me. Um, he finally went into a coma and uh, went to sleep and he never woke up again. But about eight, eight o'clock that evening, he went into the coma around 1230 or one o'clock at eight o'clock that evening. He started to die and he passed uh, with the four of us at his bedside. And, um, you know, I, I read and a lot of people don't get it cause I'm a fuck Ohio state guy on the show and I, I see obscene things and I make fun of stuff, whatever. Um, the fact of the matter is that I am a very family oriented, oriented, spiritual, religious, Jesus believing person. As he's dying, we I read Psalm 23, and people go, well, you know, that's what you do when someone dies. Well, no. If you read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not faint. As I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil, for die with me. My Lord, you are my staff. God's with you no matter what. And God gave us eight years with my dad. That we didn't deserve, didn't ask for, didn't expect for, and it's simply by his grace that we got it. My dad's death allowed me to close the chapter on my mom's death. I never mourned her death. Never, never. Um, she died nine years ago in June, and I never mourned the woman's death. We had a horrible argument where... She said some god-awful things to me that she shouldn't have, that I carried around blaming myself for for a long time. And liquor bottle was a good way to drown those things. And I, I did that after she died for a long time. Actually, and then I got wasn't sober. a good way to do it, but I understand your point. Yeah. And then I got sober. Yeah. And... So, um, the closure was they're finally back together. They were, you know, my dad loved her unconditionally. And I, I spoke at his funeral after the funeral was over just as much to thank people, but to remind them who he was and what he stood for. And those things that he stood for, I stand for. I truly believe that if you find the love that he and my mother shared, that you should covet and treasure it and protect it because they really did love each other unconditionally. You know, I know people say, Terry, and you're a parent, but I'm not, um, that, you know, parents love their children unconditionally. Well, I don't know what that's like. I don't necessarily believe that my mother loved me unconditionally, and that's my issue, not anybody else's. But I do know that she and my father loved each other unconditionally um and her, and his death helped me bring peace to her death and it took almost nine years to do it and i can sit here and talk about it because i was given those eight years because i believe in something greater than myself and the lord and because it may help somebody else and you know anybody that grieves knows that grieving is is it's like the ocean 
it comes in waves and one time it hits you real light and the next time it's real calm and then the next time it's the boat rocker that's 30 feet high and i've lost both my parents now it does not the 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 thing with my mom is dead and gone and over with and i mean i'm not saying she's dead the issue's done what what more do we have to fight it's the same as i said to my dad as he's struggling and and saying help me help me and we have him in restraints because he keeps trying to pull his iv out and when he was on blood thinners because of the clotting and the all that they, it, he would have bled to death before they could have stopped him so we had to put him in restraints i had to put my father in restraints the last days of his life that's not something I want his grandchildren to remember or know or – I mean they know, but I, I don't want them to think of their grandfather like that. But had he pulled that line out of his arm, he'd have bled to death. He ended up dying anyway, but he would have bled to death. So I've had to make decisions for somebody that I love and admire and who was not only my dad but one of my very best friends and closest confidants and then became somebody I had to look after. You know, it's amazing the transitions that happen, relying on other people taking care of him, especially for the last year of his life or so. And that's not that's not what I wanted people to remember him as. But, I mean, people are going to have their memories. They're going to have their time to grieve. Um, I think, you know, I'll have moments where it's harder than it, it's not, but... Um, the things the thing about all of it is there was a better outcome than what we ever thought in 2015 and like i said we got 8 years with him that we right we probably weren't promised we weren't you know you didn't expect him when he had issue after issue after issue and the man fought to the bitter end he he's a, he's a somebody who never gave up who never surrendered um, and I said it at his funeral, he's stubborn and he's hard headed and he's the most difficult person to deal with. And now you all know where I get it from. Mm -hmm. And I come by it honestly, because, you know, y'all think I'm tough. You think I've got an edge to me. The people that know me listening to the sound of my voice right now, you should have met my dad. I am a kinder, gentler, softer version of him with my mother's personality which is where I get the loud, outlandish, verbose part of it. But the attitude, the direction, the temperament on life, the you know, the one thing about like my father, and, and these are the things I can talk about proudly of the man. He taught me how to work, always work. And 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 I've got a work ethic that that people my age don't always have. And I say my age, Terry, but our age, you know, people don't People don't want to work 60 hours a week like I do or 50. I guess it's 50 these days. But he taught me from a young age to work. Nobody owes you anything. You want something, you go work for it. You earn it. You know, there is no right and wrong thing to do. There's just the right thing to do. You should never have to say it's okay to do the wrong thing. These are the things he taught me. This is why I'm the man I am. And this is why I love my people unconditionally. It's why it's not a wise idea to fuck with any of my people because I will come after you with 
we know all this. of the red hair that I have. And 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 you've seen it. Um, you know that I am not bullshitting anybody when I say something like that. I have friends that are closer to me than my own friend members. You are one of them. Uh, we joke about Allison being my platonic life partner, but she is one of them. My buddy Randy, my friend Marie, of course, Amy. These are my people. And these are people I would lay down in front of a train for. And as I told my niece, I said, I would lay down for, for, your, for your grandfather. I said, I would switch places with him and I would be the one dying or dead. So, but life doesn't work that way. I don't have that choice to lay my life down and, and for him to live. I said, that only happened one time in this world. And it happened for all of humanity. So I have a lot of that. I, I appreciate that the fact is time is sacred. And there's only a finite amount of it. Terry said it to everybody to open this segment. We don't want to be a downer. This is just part of life. Death is part of life. But you probably don't tell your people you love them enough. You probably don't hug them enough. You don't make it weird enough. You don't badger them enough about going to the doctor for the first time in 20 years. You don't ask them, do you have Some a living will and do you have directives? <laughs> um, and yet I still haven't been, so keep <laughs> on it. But that's that's the reality of this. None of us are going to get out of this alive. Nobody gets out of life alive. And death is that final chapter. The good news is... He lived a good life, and it was a life well-lived, and that's what I want. So the lessons he's taught me, don't work so much. Don't take life so seriously. Take those trips. Travel with your friends. Spend the extra 5 bucks or 100 bucks or 500 bucks. because honestly, what the hell difference does it make in the grand scheme of things? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to do all that. We're going to do all of that, and we're going to have a good time doing it. Um, Even in stupid like Tuscaloosa. Said, roll Tide, <laughs> sir. But um, that's a good way to conclude the program because I am a blessed man. I am a very blessed man. My father died in Augusta, Georgia, and I had two people. Um come to the funeral and support me and laugh at all my bad jokes including that he was in a uh, box you know his ashes and his remains um and that was you that was my friend marie um so our champ of the week this week ladies and gentlemen is mr terry weaver and he didn't know i was going to do this um but i am truly revenge, a blessed right. man to no, this is not revenge, and this is not emotion. This is appreciation, because Terry drove from, from Huntsville to Augusta. And while it's a pretty straight drive, it's still six hours or more there. So, Five and a half, um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so it is not lost on me that my very dear friend, came and, and helped us celebrate my dad's life. Um, and Terry is the example 
that I'll use today, but I have five other people like him that are closer to me than a lot of family members. And these are the types of relationships that I treasure and I, you know, would encourage anybody listening to this to, to treasure because um, they're the things that make life possible. When Terry told me he was coming, first of all, he didn't give me a choice. He'd already decided. <laughs> I was getting He'd ready for the, the time off. <laughs> He knew I was going to fight him. Yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> uh, I, I know who I am, too. Yeah. And I, I about started to cry because it meant so much to me. And this is who we've become. And it, it was stupid professional wrestling that brought us together. But... We don't even talk about professional wrestling that not much anymore. It's no, all, I mean, I mean we, we do, really don't. But not tech, but I, yeah. I'll say this. So I'm the one that had the ability and I was close enough to drive. But Correct. I did this for you. I love you. I met your family. You know, it would have been great to meet them in different circumstances, obviously. It was great to meet some of your family members. Um but I did it for you, and I did it also for some of our friends that wish they could have done what I had, what I was able yes. to do. So I did it for them too. Um, a lot of people love you. Um, we're very sad to see your dad go, but we do understand with all the words you said, the respect you had for him, and and your thought of the happiness that he now has. Very much so, but. You don't get to get away without me doing something for you, which you are not expecting. So as Terry alluded to, we have a very tight-knit group of us, and we travel together. We talk every single day. I'm pretty sure you're the first people I speak to every single day, even if it is in a text message. Yeah. Um, and I don't – I mean I would say that before I even pray in the morning. Like legitimately, I'm not just saying that. So I got to thinking because I think everybody needs to have friends like I have. And I don't mean the same qualities. I mean the same quality of relationship that I have mm -hmm. where we do carry each other's burdens, but we also laugh. We have a good time. Um, we give each other advice, even if it's unsolicited, most of the time from me to them. <laughs> yeah. Um because fuck them, that's why, is not always the right answer. Uh, but gra Grain of salt a lot of times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a lot of times, too, as Terry knows, and he saw it firsthand at my dad's funeral, uh, the way I deal with things that are super, super serious is to make fun of them or make a joke or try to get somebody to laugh because it, it's not that I don't take things seriously it's that I don't need to add to the severity of the issue yeah. already. And I just want to distract people from it. But, um, you know, we mentioned the Bible. Both Terry and I are, are, are Christians. We're believers. I know he doesn't have a problem telling people. I certainly don't. Um, like my dad used to say, you know, it doesn't matter how you get to Jesus, but get to him. So believe it or not, me... Mr. Giancarlo Loving Stanton uh, is, quote, um, Protestant <laughs> Pentecostal <laughs> Holiness Church member. Um, 
And that's okay, because like I said, it doesn't matter how you get to Jesus, just get to him, okay? But most people are familiar with the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind. Um, there's a friendship version of this that I found that I think is so apropos for the Golden Girls. And so, before we close, I'm going to go ahead and read it. And it says... A friend is patient and kind. Friends do not envy, they don't boast, and they aren't proud. Friends do not dishonor each other, they aren't self-seeking. Friends are not easily angered, and they keep no record of wrongdoing. Friends do not delight in evil, but rejoice in truth. Friends always trust. Friends always hope. Friends always persevere. That is our friend group in a nutshell. And I couldn't think of a more appropriate way to close this other than thank you. I love you. You know that. It's un it's an unstated thing, but we say it probably more often than not. Um and, and we're gonna keep doing things like this because we enjoy it and have a good time, enjoy each other's company along with our other compadres. And, you know, life will go on. Like I said, without my dad, the, those of you that have never met him, you've met him. We're right here. You know, I'm a lot like him. Um, but I'm also very different from him. So there's the good qualities are all his, I promise. Um, but again, Terry, it could not, I don't, I still a week later, because we, we cremated him and had the service a week ago today. I don't necessarily have all the words, and I don't know that I ever will have all the words that adequately express how much it meant to me that you showed up. But I do thank you. I do love you. And I think we've got a new thing that we can uh, look to with our friends version of First Corinthians. So I think here so. we are. I love that. I love you. Uh, thank you. I um it was three hours farther i probably probably would have driven there too but um thank you for your kind words and like i said it was um i'm, I'm glad i came um even in those circumstances but um thanks for ending the show that way i thought it was very fitting and i'm not going to go on a big tangent here before we leave like i normally do i will just leave it at this i love you all thank you for listening to the show this week have a fantastic week Thank you for listening. We are TNA Top 10 on all social media. I'm TWeave79. He's 30-year fan. We're available weekly where you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, and share. Thank you. <laughs>